I'm sorry, sir. You're gonna have to check. That. I got it. No, I'm sorry. That bag won't fit. We'll no, no, I'm not. Hey, I'm not checking my bag. Okay. Okay. There's no need to raise your voice, sir. I'm not raising my voice. This would be raising my voice to you. Okay. I don't want to check my bag, okay? And by the way, your airline, you suck at checking bags, okay? Because I already did that once and you lost it. And then I had everything screwed up very badly for me, okay? Uh, well, I can assure you that your bag will be placed safely below deck with the other luggage. Oh, yeah? How do you know my bag will be safe below with the other luggage? Huh? Are you physically going to take my bag and put it beneath the plane? Are you going to go right now outside with the guys with the earmuffs and go put it in there? No. No? Okay. Then shut your pie hole and listen to me when I say that I am finished with the checking of the bags conversation. Sir, we have a policy on this airline that if a bag is this large, Okay, you know what? Get your grubby little paws oh. off of my bag, okay? It's not like I have a bomb in here. It's not like I want to blow up the plane. Sir. I just want to stow my bag according to your safety regulations. Sir, hey, hey, sir. if you would take a second and take a little sticks out of your head, clean out your ears, and maybe you would see that I'm a person who has feelings, and all I have to do is do what I want to do, and all I want to do is hold on to my bag and not listen to you. Uh, and the only way that I would ever let go of my bag would be if you came over here right now and tried to pry it from my dead lifeless fingers, okay? If you can get it from my kung fu grip, then you can come and have it, okay? Otherwise, step off, bitch. <gasps> Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick, and we are live from Daytona. And probably one of the most aggravating yet enjoyable shows because we are in Daytona in the sun, relaxing, about to go to a race. More annoying because we had an awesome episode planned for you guys, and we are big believers of every off-season episode having a purpose. Not just mailing it in and being like, all right, let's just talk about Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley again and repeat the same old stuff over and over again. We hate doing that. We pride ourselves on not doing it. But this is one of those shows because... We had a plan. We had a planned show. We were going to interview some people, maybe even a NASCAR driver that w- was Giants related, like one who a NASCAR driver who was Daniel Jones' friend. Some NASCAR writers and radio people who are Giants fans that we know and, and love. But JetBlue, the scumbags that they are. I mean, you tell the story. Yeah, yeah. So basically, the moral of the story is JetBlue left our recording equipment that we were going to use yesterday. They left it in Newark, and then by the time that it got to Orlando, they didn't deliver it right away, and then by the time it was delivered, it was like 6, 7 p.m., and it was too late for us to put together a full episode because the races were happening. The Thursday night races were happening at Daytona. I was not. I was initially very skeptical of the episode that we were going to put together, you know, this, this Friday show that we had planned at Daytona, but you did a really good job, and at the end of it, I was really pumped we had three different guests. We, you know, we had. Uh, we'll just, we'll just say it. I mean, why, why not? What's the harm in saying it? It's not going to happen. So we had William Byron, the driver of the number twenty-four Hendrick Motorsports uh, car, a um, bunch of different sponsors this week, and it's Raptor. And he's a good driver. He he, he won a lot of races uh, last year. You know, he's a young up and coming driver. You know, he took he was the first driver in the twenty four after Jeff Gordon. Yeah, he took over for Jeff Gordon, who like people my age, it's two drivers come to name went come to mind when you think of NASCAR, Dale Earnhardt and Jeff Gordon. So William Byron knows Daniel Jones somehow. You 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 tell that. Yeah, guy. he's like fa- basically family friends somehow. You know, they're both from North Carolina. Uh, so somehow they're family friends. And William Byron, he's actually a Panthers fan, but he's also he's a Daniel Jones fan. So yeah, we're going to talk to him about connected. Daniel Jones and talk about the Panthers for a little bit. Just 10, 15 minutes and then talk about racing and put our, fan, our, our listeners behind him. Guess that's not going to happen. We're going to talk to Steve Toronto, who is a Giants fan. He's very active. He's a writer for uh, CBS Sports and covers NASCAR. 
Well, couldn't do that. And we were going to talk with uh, Dom, Dominic, who works for Sirius XM Radio NASCAR. And, I mean, we got to talk to all those guys besides Byron. Yeah. But, but not, not on the podcast. Yeah, not on the podcast. Because JetBlue absolutely Well, tell them what happened. You didn't tell them what, Did you tell them what happened with JetBlue? I mean, they just... I was at the airport, and I said, okay, are you going to deliver this? I need this for work. And if I knew that they weren't going to deliver it, I would have just bit the bullet... And I would have stayed like the three or four hours that the that this bag took to get there because we had a we had a shit ton of time. I flew in early in the morning, um, so I get there and I have a tracker in the bag, and the tracker says that it's still in Newark. They say, "Okay, we'll deliver it to you." I'm like, I, "I'm not on vacation. I need this for work. Can you get it to me?" Yeah, we'll get it to you today. Um, and then eventually, a couple hours pass. The plane lands. I have the tracker on. It's not moving. I call them back and. Mind you, Orlando Airport is about an hour and 15 minutes away from Daytona. So Bobby came and picked me up. And I called JetBlue saying, hey, what's the deal? Do you have an expected time that this bag is going to get here? And they're like, no, we don't have an expected time. We can't even guarantee that the bag is even going to get to you today. And then I'm like, well, that's I, I can't do that. Like, I, I'm, here, I'm here for work. And then they asked me, the question that set me off is, well, do you want to come back? I said, no, I, I, I don't know. I hope I didn't say fucking. I mean, I kind of hope I did. I said, no, I don't want to fucking come back for the bag. <laughs> you told me you'd deliver it. So JetBlue really did screw us, and I'm really glad that we, had our, we went on our social media tirade yesterday. Everyone go tweet something very mean versus JetBlue. I wanted, I wanted a thumbnail today, and Justin said I couldn't do it no. about JetBlue. But just know there was. I wanted a thumbnail about no, JetBlue. No, no, we YouTube would not have liked that. We were going to get flagged. I want us to <laughs> never end our hatred for JetBlue. Oh, like, never. I, I'm I never don't doing want it this ever to again. be a one day thing. Like I want, I want our listeners to ever put on tweet notifications for JetBlue, and every time they tweet, you respond. Every single time, yep. I, I we are going to war with JetBlue because they ruined a podcast. They ruined an awesome podcast. They, they screwed up our work. Imagine if we like actually had to like. Do stuff like we had. We had to do. Oh, the imagine podcast. It, imagine if it was like a game or like a, a, a preview pod or something, and and you know we were we were flown out somewhere or whatever. Or I came to meet up with you to go to a Tampa game, and we couldn't do a preview. Uh, that, that would be terrible. We would have found a way to do it, but um, that yeah, that was that was bad. So we apologize for that. But we're here doing a doing a Giants Q and A, I guess. Yeah, and we were going to do something with Jack and Zoe, who worked for John Boy Media, it's but true. they they left. They, to go do their own. They're on con. the beach. So also, fuck JetBlue again because I would have loved to already have the podcast out at 8 a.m. today and then go on the fucking beach with them. They're on oh, the yeah. beach right now. Yeah, we and we're gonna have to like get done with this and go straight to the the race tonight. Um, but we're here. What, what, do we have the NASCAR out? We can do. We are the reason we're here in Florida is because of NASCAR. NASCAR sent us out here to cover uh, this weekend's events. Um, and honestly, it's awesome. It's sick, man. Like. I got a little bit of the bougie life last night. We were in the in the in a luxury box, and I'm like, man, this is this, like I don't know if I can go back to just sitting in the stands uh, with with the you know the poor people like myself. Oh, shit, don't don't say that. Um, no, but it, it's really been awesome. And part of I, I think our audience, even if it's something that is a little um, unorthodox, I think our audience appreciates people and things that appreciate us. And it's really cool that NASCAR has not only just sent us here and they're like, all right, go, go do whatever. You know, we have deliverables that are very easy deliverables, by the way, um, which is, you know, cre credit to them. Thank you to them. Um, I think we're going above and beyond it. You know, we have, we have some videos that we're going to be filming tomorrow and Sunday. Um, I don't want to say it yet because I want to make sure that it comes out great. 
But I mean that the suite every every race this weekend, like they're putting us in a suite and it is an awesome, awesome suite. So I would like our audience to appreciate NASCAR because they appreciate us and it's really, really sick and it's really, really cool. And the way that you can appreciate NASCAR is by watching the Daytona 500 on Sunday, February 19th, this Sunday, 2.30 p.m. Eastern on Fox. Uh, we, got our, we got a glimpse of the dual, ra- dual races last night. Uh, good action. Uh, they did a good job of kind of keeping calm, keeping cool, keeping collected for the majority of the race. But when they actually started to got ra- you know, get racing towards the end, because the duels are just the qualifying races. They're not, they're not actually like the real race. The real race is on Sunday. So last night was just to decide where you're starting in the in the field. When they got racing at the end, it was it was some fun stuff, and there was even a, a, a limited pack. Uh, you know, the more the more cars that are in that pack, the more cars that are in the draft, the better they're going to move, the faster that they're going to go, the more aggressive you can get. So I think there's going to be some wrecks if you like wrecks, and I think there's going to be some good racing uh, this Sunday, 2:30 p.m. Eastern on Fox. Check out the Daytona 500. It's NASCAR Super Bowl, and the Super Bowl just happened last week. So continue with some big games and it's, big races. It's definitely the best race to watch. Yeah. Like, if you pick one race to watch this year, it should be the Daytona 500. I agree. So. Short tracks, all, all that kind of stuff, too. So I mean, there's yeah. If, if you were just like, hey, I want to pick one race, watch the Day- Daytona, Daytona 500. 500 if, it gets, if it gets you hooked in, cool. That's that's awesome. Okay. That, if there's one race you want to watch, it's the Daytona 500. Probably you should watch more, but if there's one you want to just test out, this is the one to test out. So. Thank you to NASCAR. All right, so hit us with some Giants questions, because we got, what are we going to go for, about 45 minutes yeah, or we'll, so? Yeah, we'll, we'll go until... Uh, we feel like we can't go. We have a seek. We have a seeky agreed to do this, so we'll we'll fit that in in the, in the middle as well. I had a. I'm gonna. We're gonna have a couch Daniel Jones conversation. Can we start off with that? Let's do I it. I feel like that's that's how we're gonna get. You know the the hundred and so people that are watching right now. That's how we're gonna get them to stay, and that's how we're gonna get more people to click on. I'm gonna read you a tweet that I had about Daniel Jones this morning. I ha- I just had a really good. I, I had like a good flow of thought. I almost did a how does everybody tweet about Daniel Jones every single day yeah, tweet I don't, today, but I don't, I, don't wanna, I don't like doing that. I don't want to do that because I, I get it. It's, it's, a, it's a massive question mark for the franchise, but I also agree. I, I don't – people, like, not just tweet about Daniel Jones every day. They debate about Daniel Jones every day. Uh, Daniel Jones tweet. It's about the first one in a while. I'm in the camp of not getting too worked up about, about how much he's earning per year, his average annual value. It will be a big, uncomfortable number. That's a given. It's, it's, it's going to be a number that's like, whoa, that's a lot, because that's just what the market is. What I do care about is the years slash guaranteed years. End of the day, Joe Shane needs to draft well. Use free agency to make supplemental moves, and we ride. That's, that's where my, my, my couch conversation, Daniel Jones talk, is there. This is not our final Daniel Jones talk. Yeah, the average annual value, like I'm not really interested in that at all, unless it goes to like 45 mil or something yeah, like well, that. that's – like we we I think we all expect it to be between somewhere between the thirty five and forty mil, right? Yeah. Um, and and if it's more than that, then I would be willing to be like, hey, go play for the Jets, then, man. I'm sorry, uh, but I think we all expect it to go there, which is what av- that's average quarterback salary in the NFL right now. Um, and I'd like to f- we should figure out what the percentage because we have to do this full conversation next week. We yeah, are going to do a full conversation on Giants' upcoming free agents uh, that are. New York players who play for the New York Giants who are upcoming free agents episode next week where we're going to hash it out and we're going to bust some narratives on that podcast too. Um, yeah, so there's a there's like a couple different approaches and again this is like a this is like a it's literally a couch Daniel Jones conversation. So I I agree with you where I want to see one how many years and then how much guaranteed guaranteed money. years and yeah. I think that will tell the story on him is is it 
two years guaranteed and then a third year where it's not? Or is it spread out through five years like where they – they're not like, hey, where they're like, hey, we we truly believe this guy is the yeah. guy, and if you and back, we want to make yeah. this contract work out for us the best, yeah, and if and if you backload maybe like the five year deal, which hey, I, I'm not really about doing the the Nate Solder type of things anymore. I I kind of want to stay away from it, but there is a way to do it where you have to be conscious of what's happening with Andrew Thomas, what's happening with Xavier McKinney. There's there's other things that are in play right now and, outside of just Daniel Jones' contract. And luckily, the Giants are in a healthy enough cap situation where they don't need to bl- they don't need to backload this contract. Like yeah, I'm, I hope like they co- don't. the nature of contracts is they are somewhat backloaded because as you go by years on years you have less contracts on your books. It's just, you know, yeah. simple math of players contracts expire. So 3 years from now, like the entire team will be upcoming free agents besides like seven players. Um so the longer it is, so that I think that will tell the story. If they make this a 5-year deal, then they truly truly believe in this guy and, and it, like a five-year deal helps them better if they truly believe in them a three-year deal means like we like him but we're not totally sold you right. know and the questions of you know like daniel jones was second to last for starting quarterbacks and deep throw percentage this yep. year which there was some throws left on the field but for 98 percent of the time daniel jones was making the right reads and making the right decision so that will tell the story of do they think like, man, this dude left some whole shots on the field, you know, about a one and a half per game or so? Or are they like, hey, this was what the offense, this is what we asked him to do and execute, and it's because of the wide receivers, and it's not because of we thought he had some limitations on his own. Yeah, I, I'm with you where I, I'm – because he's unproven, and I, and I really do – like I love Daniel Jones's year. I've complimented the fact that they, they just didn't turn over the ball. Like that is, that is an awesome – awesome feat that this Giants offense did. But I still feel like Daniel Jones overall in his overall body of work, he's still an unproven quarterback. So I'm a I'm right now in on on the like three year deal, even if you have to bump up the average annual value a little bit, three year deal kind of see if you can get an out eventually. Um, and Daniel Jones maybe wants to should bet on himself because the salary cap is only going to go up, right? Yeah. The salary cap is only going to shoot up. Uh, if I'm if I'm Daniel Jones, I'm betting on myself, I'm betting on my work ethic, I'm betting on Brian Dable continuing to improve me, and I'm betting on Joe Shane upgrading the roster around me so maybe a couple years down the line I can get paid more instead of it spread through five years. Why yeah. not? Yeah, yeah. Um, That's what I'm rooting for, at least. Yeah, players for the most part want to take the more secure yeah, option. Guaranteed but shit, again, yeah. if, if Daniel Jones is – Daniel Jones is a – you know – I was frustrated that we didn't get to have Steven Toronto on the show because he had a phrase last summer, and it was respect Daniel Jones. He wasn't saying Daniel Jones – like, he wasn't being just a dumb fan. He was just saying that love – you know, love their quarterback and getting these arguments of, I support my guy. Yeah. He was just like, respect Daniel Jones. And I think that was the right take to have last summer, oh, yeah. even though it meant, like, hey, we got to decline his fifth-year option, new regime, he hasn't shown it enough. But it's like he deserves some respect for the way he had played, even under horrible, horrible circumstances, you know, where a lot of quarterbacks, wanna, you know, would have totally folded, where Daniel Jones kind of held things up somewhat afloat, where they weren't a total disaster. Right. Um, and I think this year proved that with, you know, Richie, you know, all of his wide receivers were top of, of their uh, catch rate and average depth of target. So he had a solid year. He is a, he is a this is this is sports radio. I am confident that Daniel Jones is a pretty good quarterback. 
And there it's you go. now, do, what do we see more? Is he a really good quarterback? I'll never, I, well, I won't say never, but I don't see a world where he is the elite quarterbacks, the Mahomes, Josh Allen, Bur- Inc. Burrow type of guys. But I also am a big believer of don't throw away very good in the chase of great because great is very, very yeah, hard, hard to, to get. And it's, and it's, a lot of it is about being lucky. Yeah, so. there are franchises that are searching for, that have been searching for great for, Four or five decades. Uh, I don't think the Giants should just easily. It's not. It's not an easy conversation. This Daniel Jones conversation, but because of the success that this team had, because of where they're picking in the draft, and you don't want to give up assets to move up too far. Ba ba ba. Or the quarterback's good. Ba ba ba. Daniel Jones, even at a at an overpay, is the best option for you know next year and you know maybe some some years to come. But we'll but we'll see about that. I also want to talk about before maybe we even get to some questions. We could talk about my mock draft a little I bit too. I was literally going to ask you about your mock draft because there actually was a there was a, I saw some tight end questions floating around and I'm thinking, oh yeah, well, you know, was was that tight end mayor from Notre Dame who, who everybody loves, was he on the board at twenty five for your mock draft? So you put out your post senior bowl pre free agency mock draft uh on Thursday. So if you haven't seen that video, go check it out. But what did you what what was the exercise like for you ruling so the f- <laughs> that was like i t- i texted you and julian and i was like this mock draft it's, is kicking my it's ass kicking your ass yeah one because most of our research is senior bowl guys at this point because we had to get ready for the senior bowl and then it's like all right let's watch some guys that we didn't know going in there that caught our eyes coming out um so the first round i was i haven't really watched the top wide receivers a ton i've watched them lightly but i haven't really watched uh addison Zay Flowers, I watched the game on TV this year. I was very impressed. The first game of the year versus Rutgers. Um, so the wide receivers, I didn't do a ton of. But the wide receivers that are there kind of fit the slot role. Like, supposedly Addison's a slot. Jackson Smith, uh, and he wasn't there. Uh, he's a slot guy. Addison and, and Jackson weren't there. But, you know, like, these slot guys. Zay Flowers actually might be the most outside wide receiver out of those guys, even though he's five foot eight. Um and is? the Giants invested a second-round pick in Wandale Robinson. So it makes, like, we kind of, if we're going first-round wide receiver, we kind of need that X wide receiver. Yeah. Right? I also just think, good, you've talked about it before, too. Good, the, these teams that are left in the, you know, the playoffs, the Final Four, I feel like the, the step for the Giants to, to become a good to great team is to get the alpha number one outside wide receiver. Yeah, that's that, the, an alpha number one wide receiver is the thing that can help them close the gap the most. There's yeah. nothing more on this unless you were to get like a top five NFL quarterback. But realistically, an alpha X wide receiver is what can help them close the gap the most on from year, from 2022 to 2023. Yeah. But I put out a tweet. I, that's not an easy answer. In, in this you know, year's class, as of as of right now, what, at we're pick twenty five, that's yeah. not going to be an easy answer. So I went defense. I went Joey Porter Jr., who I really liked. Uh, I liked him a lot in the summer when we did our way too early mock. Um, I, I just Wink Martindale has gotten the most out of long press corners that aren't like the perfectly sound guys, but he gets the most out of those guys. And Joey Porter Jr. was that. Drew Sanders was the other guy uh, who should have a draft film breakdown out on him. I guess next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we I did one. Anyways, it should be out next week. It should be out next week. Drew Sanders is fun, but there is worries of. Does this translate to the NFL game? But the thing that I like about Drew Sanders within his his issues is that he's only been playing that position for one year, and he plays fast and downhill. But a lot of times, the guys who at linebacker who are the most fun, 
it's it's not about being fun at the NFL level. It's about being good, stopping the run down yeah. in, down out. But Drew Sanders does a lot of great stuff. So it was between him and Joey Porter Jr. I went Joey Porter Jr. with the okay. first pick. And and I think linebacker is a position. Drew Sanders, that light linebacker from Arkansas, he, he's a he's a first round sec, early second round pick. He's a first round. T- someone's going to pick him in the first round okay. because his film is is good enough for someone to pick him in the first round. His talent is good enough for someone to pick him in the first round. He is light. Yeah, and he's he's got to add weight. So I ended up going with Joey Porter Jr. I felt better with that. And I think linebacker is a position where you can get really good players later on. Corner, yeah. corner, you, every position you can uh, besides quarterback and tackle for the most part. Yeah, even though I'm, I'm very afraid. I'm not anti-drafting corner. I'm just afraid of drafting corner with like a high-value asset pick just because of how Even look at linebackers. First-round linebackers have a lot of issues. Well, I, I, just positional value, I would rather draft. If, we, if we're between a corner and an interior linebacker, I'd rather draft the corner early on than, especially in the first round, than the interior linebacker. Yeah, and I went Jack Campbell, who is, I think, who is someone who I trust in the, in the second round, the, the Iowa linebacker, yeah. who's not the most athletic guy in the world, but I'm like, this guy's going to be a good linebacker. Uh, so I took him in the second round. In the third round, I went uh, Avila and Xavier Hutchinson, the wide receiver out of Iowa Iowa State. Hutchinson, I don't know if he's ever going to be a great wide receiver, but I think he's going to be a solid one. So I I took him with the comp pick from the Chiefs. I I feel like Hutchinson, you know, remember when we watched Amon Ross St. Brown from from USC? I I was proud of myself that I really liked him. Amon Ross St. Brown didn't do anything like, wow, at USC. But I just feel like he was a good route runner and he was a good football player. And I feel yeah. like Xavier Hutchinson, now Amon Ra is absolutely taken off. But I feel like Xavier Hutchinson is just going to come in the NFL and he's going to be a good football player. He's not going to wow you with anything, yeah. but he's going to be a good football player. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so too. They're two different players uh, where Amon Ra is a slot, you know, short route king, where Xavier is going to work the quick game. Uh, and that might be some of the best part of his game, but he's also six foot three. Then with Tyler Steen out of Alabama, move him the guard. Took a couple wide receivers in Jaden Reed and Charlie Jones. Charlie Jones, I'm really intrigued by. Like I, I think he's, too. I think the Purdue wide receiver. I think he's going to be a solid NFL player. He's a gamer. Um, and then what else? I, and then Payne Durham, the blocking tie down of Purdue. Payne like Durham. truly fell in love with that guy at the Senior Bowl. And he was someone who was like, this Senior Bowl is going to, like, this is going to tell a lot of the story for me. And then you go watch the film, and it's like, okay, this. This guy can. Re- I mean, we, 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 we sped watched all early. Me and Grump sped watched the tight ends before the Senior Bowl and kind of swapped notes. And with Payne Durham, I was like, this dude can freaking block. Yeah. And then when you watch his receiving stuff, it's like not the fastest guy in the world, but he knows how to control his body. So he is slow. And his yak is pretty incredible too. Like he fucking carries guys on his back. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty fun. So yeah. Um, if you want a good game to watch, we're you know Bobby, we literally just took two. Purdue players and then one Penn State player. Um, Charlie Jones had an incredible game against Penn State, and there are some reps where he goes up against Joey Porter. There was really you said there aren't there weren't a lot of teams that tested Joey Porter, but Purdue and Charlie Jones did, and Charlie Jones kind of got the best out of Joey Porter at times. So go check out that game. You get to see that matchup, and Joey Porter lines up on some other wide receivers too. And then Payne Durham has some nice like yak plays in that game against Penn State as well. I found myself clipping clipping up both of those guys in, in the same game. So yeah. watch that game. Why don't you read the Seat Geek Act? Did Jack and Zoe come back? I, I saw Kevin, so they, they may have come back. 
So we're gonna read a seat geek ad, and then we'll and then we'll take some questions. Who's and then, here? And then we're out. I thought I think is your brother here? He should be. Did I, he walk I did in? See, I did see your brother. Okay, I didn't know if he had came. Yet. So you're. I, I I also saw Kevin. I saw, is he here? I saw a bunch of people. Your brother is here. Today's episode is sponsored by SeatGeek. If you don't know what SeatGeek is, they're a ticketing app that makes buying tickets super simple. You can buy tickets at the Daytona 500. We have a lot of listeners that are in Florida. Or you know what? Screw it. Fly down to Florida. Do not use a certain airline. And buy your tickets on SeatGeek because the Daytona 500 is a once-in-a-lifetime experience, and SeatGeek will provide you with that once-in-a-lifetime experience. With over 28 million downloads, SeatGeek is the number one rated ticketing app. That is a lot of downloads, and it's always great to be number one. Number there, one, there like are, talking giants. That's right. There are more than 70,000, I would say there are, I would say 77,000, 77 to zero, events every single day on SeatGeek, including sports, concerts, festivals, and more. They always want to make sure that you're getting a good deal. So when you're on the app, look for the green dots. Green means good, red means bad. Every ticket is backed by their buyer guarantee, and SeatGeek is the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event with swaps. We've got the hookup. Use code GIANTS for $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code GIANTS. Check out the link in the description to download the app. All right, let's get, my cousin are here. let's get some questions here. Let's get some questions. How are you liking Florida so far? <sighs> A lot of sun. Look at that. Whoa, holy shit. That looks like something on camera. Yeah, that's bad. I mean, it looks worse on camera than it does in person. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, but it, it's still pretty bad. It's bad. I mean, that that hey, that's 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 a good camera, and it and it's and it sticks out the the the, the great features in me. Not there, there are no bad uh, features in me, but I, I'm enjoying Florida. I'm enjoying Florida. It was 60 degrees in Jersey, so before I left, which is like perfect weather. Where now it's like hot, but I'm not. Was it gray outside? It was not. No, it was 60 degrees like the day. Before I left, and I was like, "This is fucking awesome. Why? Why am I leaving now?" But no, I, I I love Florida simply because in this scenario, I'm going to the Daytona 500. And what I did this morning is I checked out of the hotel that I'm in. We're in an Airbnb now. That's where we're coming to you from. I checked out of the hotel and I Ubered, you know, the mile down the road to the track, and I was just in heaven. I just walked in the Cup Garage. I walked in the Xfinity Garage. I I, I walked pit road. I mean, I I was just in heaven, just watching the you know the sport that I grew up and all the behind the scenes stuff. And I saw some drivers. I took a picture with the, with the lady driver that I knew. She looked very happy to see me. I took a lot of pride in that. So she could have just been nice. Let's answer some questions. Did you see that Brian? If what's the best tradition of the New York giants? That's a question I have. What's the best tradition of the New York giants? This, this segues into my next segment. They don't really, they don't really need like traditions because they've like won. But they, you know what what's I mean? the best tradition they have if you thought they had a tradition? If I thought that they had a tradition, besides just going to home games? Nepotism. Oh, wow. Oh, Brian Dable and the New York Giants have hired Christian Dable. I'm, I'm trying to think of positive things. Brian Dable's son. <laughs> uh, Christian Dable, who's been uh, like an assistant coach, like a, stu- a student coach, a GA for Penn State the last few years. So Christian Dable... Uh, has joined the New York Giants staff as an offensive assistant, which is basically like cutting up film, kind of like you're given an assignment on like go go chart all the blitzes for the defense for this week type of stuff. Like you're not game planning stuff. Could he send that to you too? 
I would love it. So Christian Dable, if you're if you are, <laughs> well, you just like made you just made fun of nepotism. So maybe yeah, you won't now, Christian. It's a joke. You know, <laughs> you know, it's a joke. It's 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 a joke. Um, I'm trying to get my brother to read his text messages. Um, read the text message. Didn't, um, he didn't read the text message. All right, yeah, so yeah, nepotism. I, mean, I don't care because Brian Dable's a good coach. If Brian Dable's a bad coach, he's an coach, offensive bad. assistant, so yeah. he's going to have to prove his way one one way or the other. Don't care. Um, so you know who is an assistant coach for the Bills talking about nepotism? It's actually not nepotism. Ken Dorsey. No. Th- well, yes. Think of coach's sons. Coach's sons. Coach's sons. Related to the New York Giants. No. Kyle Shermer. Oh, wow. Vanderbilt quarterback. Wow. He's on the staff? Yeah. Yeah, he works for the Bills. Where's Pat Shermer? Thank What's you. What's he doing? Uh, he's jobless. He lives in Jersey, though. He's jobless. That's tough. Lives in Jersey, wants to stay. How I think you? he bought a house here because he was the head coach of yeah, the New York Giants. That's, that's a good point. But he did have a, you know, he was OC in Denver, too. All right, let's answer two questions. Let's answer two questions. Um, all right, give us, give us some questions. Uh, I don't want to, I do not want to talk about Saquon Barker. I just don't want to talk. We'll about save that before. for the pending free agents because we're going to be calculated with that. I feel like this question came up multiple times. Who's the Giants' assistant head coach? They don't have one officially. Wow. On on, they don't have they don't officially have one. We got a question about uh, how do we feel about skinny wide receivers versus someone that may be a little bit more durable, like mm-hmm. Addison versus Rice. I feel like both of them are kind of small. Rice is, I feel like, is a little. Built. Oh no! Yeah, well, we said that he looks smaller in Mobile versus what he's listed. That's what we said. Let's see. Um, ba, 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 fix the old line. I like Jonathan Mingo as a mid-round X. I agree. That's I a really good pick. Like. That could be a Jonathan Mingo. I gotta do a full evaluation on him, but I from walk, him. doing a speed watch and then watching him at the Senior Bowl, that could be my like pick a guy who's gonna go in the third or fourth round who could be a wide receiver one. Mingo might end up being that guy. Yeah. Yeah, I love, I love, 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 love Jonathan. We got Mingo. a super chat. We should answer that in the in the era of every wide receiver that people like is like five eight. Jonathan Mingo uh, bring brings the size. Um, Juicy Whiteman. If there's a center like his Linderbaum, last name is Skinner. Oh wow, look at that. That's Juicy John Skinner. Thank you, Juicy John Skinner. If there's a center like Linderbaum at twenty five, do you pull the trigger, or go somewhere else like linebacker or wide receiver? Interior offensive line is a spot where. I really hope that we maybe can grab one or one or two of them in the top 100. Yeah, I don't know if there's going to be a guy like that there. So tough. Uh, all right, let's answer one more question and then get out of here. How about tight end room? We we were getting questions about the tight end room at the top, and does Daniel Bellinger not stop you? Does Daniel Bellinger make you think twice of putting some sort of valuable asset in the tight end room? How about that? Because Mayor at 25, that's 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 a conversation that's happening. My view on tight ends as a whole stops me from from doing that. Yeah, fair. Where, where it's just a position where it's like I value a guy who's not great at that position, like a guy who can just do his job fairly well. Yeah, like I, I it's just a, it's a position where I think that's that it's more valuable to be like slightly above average at tight end than it is to be slightly above average at any other position in the field may possibly. That's I'm just fair. saying that off rip without going position by position, but I think it's, I think that's a good take. I think it's a good take too. It's also how you use your tight ends. They but just, like, Daniel Bellinger doesn't stop me from investing in the tight right, end room. Right. right. They, they just like didn't use like Bellinger's like didn't like run routes this year, which is, which is kind of bizarre. And I don't know if that's just the offense and we'll, 
we'll see. So, all right. All right we a- went for a little over 30 minutes. It could be a short pod. I mean, blame JetBlue. Make sure to tag us when you tweet at JetBlue really nasty things. So. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we try, you know, Bobby said it at the top, but we try and take pride in, you know, e- even if it's a a random show in the month of May or June, we really try and take pride in, you know, we're either having a good time or putting Put, a lot of research into something that maybe putting a lot of effort into <laughs> putting a lot of effort into everything. And, you know, this this unfortunately kind of kind of stopped us. But, you know, we talked a little Daniel Jones, talked a little NASCAR, talked a little draft. Bobby went through his mock draft. Go watch that video. How about that? Go watch that mock draft video, and that'll be about 21 more minutes of talking Giants. This is kind of what like a normal Giants podcast is in the offseason, where it's like you talk about Daniel Jones, talk about a few guys in the draft, answer a couple questions. Are we the average Giants podcast now? But the difference is is that we threaten to like kill K-word, M-word. You already said it. JetBlue people. All right. All right, people. We will see you on Tuesday. What are we talking about Tuesday? Um... Well, you're going to be traveling, so we'll we'll figure it out. Then. I'm home. I'm home. Mon- oh, yeah, Monday. I'll, I will be home Monday morning. Okay, then maybe we'll do the pending free agent. Uh, wow. Episode. Oh, that's a that's a that's a big prep getting or home. Possi- or possibly in an interview. You know, maybe I'll maybe I'll, we'll talk about it. We'll maybe, talk about maybe it. We'll get an interview with uh, one of the reporters. But next week, no matter when it is, either it's going to be Tuesday or Friday. We're 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 biting the bullet. We're talking about Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley. We're putting our nuts on the table saying this Julian is... Julian Love. Julian Love. We're putting our nuts on the table saying this is what we would do. Giants signed Hodgins, Jack Anderson. Yes. We and about who else is the exclusive rights free agent? Uh, there was one other. First one, the picket wins. Zion Gilbert. O-line. No, not Zion O-line. Lawrence Cager. Lawrence Cager. You won. All I right. won. What do I win? All right. That's an episode. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you on Tuesday. Until then, let's go Big Blue.